Hello, and thanks for checking it, Calamo. You know, we're, we're still super excited about trying this new approach while Sandy and I are on vacation. We're in the fifth week of a series on the life of the Apostle Paul. And you know, no one other than Jesus has had such a huge impact on the Christian faith as the Apostle Paul. And we're basing this time uh, on, on Paul on the book by Adam Hamilton, The Call. And, and we are new to live streaming, so you know we hope you like it. Uh, and I hope and pray that you will find this time interesting and useful. If you'd like more information on, on this message, or for that matter, anything else, you can call or text me at 517-588-8415, or you can always uh, use the Calmo Connection Card, uh, which is calmochurch.org forward slash connect-with-calamo. And you can learn more about Calamo at our website, which is calmochurch.org, or on our Facebook page, which is at Calamo1953. And however you, you reach out to us, we, we hope that we can be a blessing to you. Now, today we're covering the, the fifth chapter of Adam Hamilton's book, Called to Give, which explores another aspect of God's call on Paul. You know, just as Paul was called to give, so are we each in our own ways. And today we're, you know, we're only touching on the highlights of this one chapter of, of uh, Adam Hamilton's book. And again, if you'd like to learn anything more about this chapter or the Apostle Paul, please reach out because we can only, you know, hit the high spots and, and, and cover a couple insights. And again, call, text, or the connection card. Well, Paul's life is not only an interesting story about how God's call changed a person's, a person's life, but it's also an example for us in our own lives, how we can see how God can touch our lives. And then also to see how people just like us can struggle. You know, we, we all struggle. We all think, well, we're, we can't do that or we can't do this. But yet, Paul, is, as gifted as he was, he still struggled. And so as we read through uh, the details, what we know about Paul's life, we see how he struggled in his ways. And, but yet, through all of this, we can see how God can work through us, through all of our shortcomings, so that we might be a positive influence for those around us. Now, in Chapter 5, Adam Hamilton explores Paul's third missionary journey. And this is recorded in, in, uh, by Luke in uh, Acts chapter 18. And in that account, Luke jumps over the first part of uh, Paul's trip to, uh, on, on this, saying only that Paul visited some churches along the way. And it, instead of spending more time writing about those visits, uh, Luke chose to focus on Paul's arrival in Ephesus which is about 700 miles away. And this was a journey that would have taken several months to make. Now, that distance of 700 miles is about the distance from like New York City to uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, so it, it's, it's a fairly long way. And again, Paul chose to go overland for this journey in a boat would have been much faster. And in, in we understand that Paul used this travel time to visit the churches that he did started on previous journeys so that he could give them encouragement and, and give them some correction if they had gotten mis, misunderstandings of the gospel. 
Now, Ephesus was a major city during Paul's time. Estimates of its population ranged from 100,000 to 200,000 people. This was uh, Paul's second trip to Ephesus. On his second missionary journey, he left behind two workers, uh, Priscilla and Aquila, to lay the groundwork for Paul's return. Now, on this trip, Paul spent about two to three years in Ephesus. And, and I'd like to share uh, two insights that, that kind of occurred to me uh, as I uh, reviewed this chapter. And one is about Paul and the Holy Spirit, and the other one is about how Paul dealt with the church, his thoughts on organizing the church. But first, just a little bit of background on Paul's third missionary journey. And the first thing that struck me is Paul is leading a, a, a lifestyle that I think few of us would really enjoy keeping up with. If you think about it, his first two missionary journeys covered hundreds of miles and again mostly walking. His first trip was in roughly uh, 49 AD. His second trip was about a year later. And now his third journey, yeah, we're not sure, but say two to five years after that. Um, now when he went on these journeys, he, he wasn't on a salary or a commission or he didn't have traveling expenses. He paid his own way. Paul was a tent maker and he probably did leather work uh, on, on, on his way uh, doing this. And so in these trips, Paul was truly giving of his time and his talents to serve the Lord. Paul really cared for the churches, and not just the churches, but the people themselves meant a lot to Paul. And Paul was always trying to reach new people, to organize new churches, any way that he possibly could to further the good news of Jesus Christ. So, Paul, Paul, Luke records the event of Paul's return, actual arrival in Ephesus in Acts chapter 19. And Acts tells us that Paul found some disciples there and just asked them, have they received the Holy Spirit? Well, in the story, um, Luke shares that the people had no idea what Paul was talking about. They had been baptized, but they had been baptized uh, under John the Baptist or one of his followers. And so Paul taught them about Jesus. And then he baptized them in the name of Jesus. And uh, Acts records that they were immediately filled with the power and gifts of the Holy Spirit. Well, Adam Hamilton makes some interesting observations about the Holy Spirit. One of his observations was he compares the Holy Spirit to a battery charger. When we don't know about the Holy Spirit, or when we're not really connected to the Holy Spirit, our batteries, just, just like our cell phones or, or whatever we might have that runs on batteries, just as they run down, our energy level goes down. We run out of energy. We, we you know, lose our direction. So it is when we are plugged into the power of the Holy Spirit that we are energized. We are charged back up just like those 12 disciples at Ephesus. When they got connected to the Holy Spirit, they got energized. And Adam Hamilton points out that the mainstream church, mainstream Protestant churches, in the time frame of the 60s, 1960s, 
uh, plus or minus, that they had kind of de-emphasized the, the importance of the Holy Spirit. And yet, the book of Acts has many stories of the incredible power of the Holy Spirit to energize people and guide them to share the good news of, of Jesus Christ. Adam Hamilton pointed out that in his faith journey that he was, went to a Pentecostal church and it was there that he learned about the Holy Spirit for the first time. He had been a Christian, but that's when he really started learning about the Holy Spirit. Well, Adam Hamilton points out that Paul mentions the Holy Spirit more than a hundred times in his letters in the Bible. That would be like Romans, Corinthians 1 and 2, um, Galatians, and, and it goes on. Paul teaches that the Holy Spirit dwells in each believer. And then Paul speaks about the fruits of the Spirit that are in fact evidence of the power and presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Now the list of the fruits of the Holy Spirit or the gifts of the Holy Spirit is, is pretty extensive, but they include things like joy, peace, power, love, patience, kindness, fruit, faithfulness, um, gentleness, and, 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 and uh, characteristics like that. Well, the book of Acts has many stories of people receiving the Holy Spirit and then having dramatic experiences and doing dramatic things. Well, the presence of the Holy Spirit in each of our hearts is vital for us to be fully charged up and to be faithful followers of Jesus. Adam Hamilton shares his experiences in his youth and in his pastoral role of the Holy Spirit giving him energy and guidance to be the effective pastor he is today. He relates that each day he prays to the Holy Spirit to lead and fill and empower him to more effectively serve God this day. And you know what, what strikes me is I, I see Adam Hamilton as being a very powerful uh, witness to Jesus, and yet every day he still asks the power, Holy Spirit for the power and guidance to be that person that God wants him to be. Now in my own faith journey, I have grown to pray daily, to ask God to guide in and enable me to be a better pastor, to, to do those things that he desires me to do. And so I do believe in the power and presence of the Holy Spirit to guide me, to give me the energy and the ability to do those things that God has for me to do. And I do believe that that extends to all of us, not just big pastors or little pastors or, or so on, but, but it extends to each one of us because we are all part of the body of Christ. And all we need to do to tap into that power is to ask for the Holy Spirit to come into our heart, to connect with us, and then to give us that daily recharge. And so let's take a moment and uh, consider these two reflection questions. How do you see the role of the Holy Spirit, either in your life or in the life of the church? And then how does this analogy of the Holy Spirit being like a, a battery charger help you in your view of the Holy Spirit. Well, if you're, if you're kind of confused or unsure about the Holy Spirit in your life, let's talk. You know, we can explore together how the Holy Spirit can be that battery charger for each of us in our trust of God. 
and can give us that sense of peace and joy in our hearts. And I do believe that the Holy Spirit, the Holy Companion, the Holy Advocate is a vital part of our relationship with God. Now continuing in our study of Paul, you know, we, we hear continuously about Paul's drive to meet, meet uh, to reach new people for Jesus. But yet, you know, Paul is one person, as is each one of us are just one person. And so we read about Paul spending time while he was in Ephesus, mentoring new followers of Jesus, and then encouraging and developing new church leaders. And so when they were ready, he would send them out to new places to spread the word and establish new churches or new faith communities in the name of Jesus. And Adam Hamilton makes a strong statement that the modern church needs to adopt Paul's approach or return to Paul's approach. In our existing churches, we need to be recruiting and mentoring new people to, to go out and reach new people, to spread, to uh, start churches in underserved areas. And his church, which is the Church of the Resurrection in Kansas City, um, is quite a quite an example of a, of a active church. They currently have three satellite locations, and as of the time of the book, we're planning a fourth satellite. And so, in that way, the the church is spreading and reaching new people. And he suggests that that the modern day churches need to spend more time considering starting satellite churches to reach more people. And the advantage of a satellite church is that it draws upon the strength of the mother church and they don't have to stand on their own until they can get established. Another thing that uh, the Church of the Resurrection does is they conduct an annual leadership institute and they invite churches to come and learn about ways, new ways to reach out, new ways to lead the church to uh, reach new people. They also have an ongoing program to mentor smaller churches and share resources. Just like uh, here at Calamo, while I'm on vacation, we're using, we happen to be using one of his resources to help us in, in while I'm on vacation to cover more, uh, more, uh, pe more people. Um, and so these are all ways that we can live into our calling to spread the good news of Jesus. Paul gave us his model or that model, Adam Hamilton shares his thoughts and examples of ways that, to reach out. And so here at Calamo, we can use these ideas to, to develop new ways to, to reach people, ways to help the people of our community. And to do that, we need the power and presence of the Holy Spirit to help all of us do our part to spread the good news. And we need to pray. We need to have conversation with God. We need to talk with Him, inviting His holy presence into our hearts. And now for our final just reflection questions. And so think of church not as perhaps a building or something, but, but as faith communities or, or faith groups, groups of people that, that are talking about God. And then reflect on Paul's passion for starting new groups new satellite groups. And so, concerning that, in what ways does Paul's example help you to think about reaching others for Jesus? And then the follow-up question to that is, 
What opportunities do you see in your community or in your group of friends to be able to spread the good news? Now, I hope that you found this brief summary of, of Paul's early life to be helpful. If you'd like more information, please reach out. Um, you can put a, a comment in the chat box for this uh, live stream. Um, you can call or text me at 517-588-8415, the Calmo connection card at calmochurch.org forward slash connect dash with dash Calamo. Um, any way that, that you can reach out so that you can tap into the power and presence of the Holy Spirit, it would be absolutely awesome. And so now, let us close with a short prayer. <clears throat> Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the gift of the Holy Spirit, but also of the example of Paul's life to give us ideas on how we can be the, the followers of Jesus that you want us to be. Lord, we ask that you reveal the awesome power and presence of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Companion, in each one of our hearts. We pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. I'm your neighbor, Jerry, pastor at Calmo Church. Have a great day. Have a great week. Bye for now.